0: Oh. Uh-huh. Just like the many tunnels that it creates on the planet, the Horta dug a tunnel straight to my heart. Oh, who doesn't love a Horta? I Why are there not Horta plushes? Mm-hmm. Horta pillows? Mm-hmm. Horta, I wanted to sleep on a Horta.
1: Yo. Uh, Hortas are incredible. The fact that there is so little merchandising around the Horta is absolutely criminal. Um, And the Horta is, in fact, my very favorite Star Trek monster, and I quote it almost daily.
0: Oh, wow. What a way to set up this episode.
1: Yes, and I'm glad. Um, I'm glad um, that it was set up that good, because I don't have a cute little sentence for the beginning. But welcome, everyone, to Red Sharts. I'm Emily Pineapple.
0: I miss the information. You know, this episode put me in a strange little mood because I was so ready to be done with this episode, and then the little bit at the end where I'm like, "What's all this then? What's going on here?" Oh, okay. It like went the direction I thought, and then swerved very (laughs) slightly to make it like that's the Star Trek. There, there we go. That's the Star Trek angle.
1: There we go. That's right. It's one of the most iconic and highest rated episodes.
0: Take a drink. Iconic.
1: Yup. In all of Star Trek, it's The Devil in the Dark, written by Gene Kuhn and directed by Joseph Pevney. Um, This episode was shot basically right after they learned they had been renewed. Um, oh, okay. for like eight more episodes to like finish out their season so they're like fuck we need something to shoot right the fuck now like mm-hmm. we need shit done and so they brought on to this episode a pretty well known mm, variable results well regarded executive producer now missy okay. I am sure you have seen many things uh, executive produced by this executive producer before throughout all of Hollywood, but you may know them from um, the comic book *The Dark Knight Returns* 2, uh by Frank Miller. Um, okay. The movie *Maximum Overdrive*.
0: By oh, Stephen I know King. that film. Yes.
1: Yeah, this executive producer that helped executive produce those two projects and help Devil in the Dark get written in four days. That's right. Cocaine! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, a, you, what a twist at the beginning. That's not where I thought that was going at all. Oh, see, if this was my list, I would have said... Um, the producer behind Xanadu yeah, the producer yep. <laughs> <laughs> behind essentially every disco album. Yep. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Our, oh, oh, our old friend, our old friend co-writer Cocaine cocaine, Mr. Cocaine is here.
1: Mr. Cocaine. Now, it may have just been amphetamines. Uh, basically... Oh, it may
0: have just been amphetamines. I don't know. If it was... Oh, either way.
1: I don't know if it was specifically like because you know, cinematically, you would have him like typing shit out and then like turning around to like snort off a fucking oh, mirror yes, of and course. like it, you know the chopping up with like Are you a, kidding?
0: He's snorting it off the typewriter. He doesn't have exactly he doesn't exactly. have a chance to do it. It's on but, that space bar ready to go. It's on that space
1: bar. Uh <laughs> every time he hits space, <laughs> it gets faster. Um Uh, But it might have just been popping some pills. So as you're uh, creating the cinematic masterpiece in your mind of Gene L. Coon being like, fuck, I have four days to write this. He wrote this and like two other episodes, basically within the span of uh, like a couple of weeks. Um, That were his first ones, including Arena. This one, however, isn't from something that he read before and forgot that he had read and then just copied essentially <laughs> verbatim. Um.
0: It's funny. Yeah. Arena and this one, two episodes where it has a long track delay. Yep. And I'm just sort of like, are we going to get there? I'm like, oh, here's <laughs> the idea. In our last third of the episode, here's the, where the basis of like what it is. And it's a lot of just filler scenes of people dying. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, But the other origin of this episode was the Horta themselves? That's right. A certain Mr. Janos uh, Prohaska, uh, who was a Hungarian, U.S.-based Hungarian actor and stunt performer, who played uh, movie monkeys in a lot of favorite shows, usually bears and gorillas. Um, but he—it was—he was on the Andy Williams show as the Cookie Bear. Um, he was on the Outer Limits, so I Dream of Genie. But he had a deal with the Star Trek guys that if he created a monster and they liked it, they would buy the monster from him and hire him to be inside of the monster.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting. So he had to really work on on creating this giant yeah. shag beanbag of a... Of a I, I don't even know how to i get i mean i hope everyone just at the beginning when we started saying the word horta over and yeah we looked up what it was in terms of star trek because it, it it's a uh. but you are gonna want to
1: say what is horta star trek because i did just google what is horta made of what is the horta made of because i'm like oh like i know it's like a latex thing um And there's apparently a thing called Greek Horta, which
0: is a a, dish. Dance or dish. Oh, it's a dish. Okay. Um, Horta is another thing. I'm like, that's why I said Star Trek. Because I'm like, as I was saying, I'm like, I know I've heard Horta somewhere else out of here. But yeah, so it's like this wonderful glob of like grayish, greenish material covered in like orange and red. Testuals. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just fantastic it's, It looks, you know that looks like oh, yeah. lava blooms but not nah, i don't know
1: i find it uh i find that it looks like pizza the hut
0: oh my god you know what <laughs> i should have just that's that's even a comedy reference because pizza the hut is, is right on, on the floor pizza the hut
1: i was just like wow it really like am i hungry while i'm watching this it looks so much more like sausage pizza
0: the oozing is what you were you were pining for. You just saw it post- like moving back. Yeah. I keep saying the word postulate. it makes myself. It looks Who says, looks like who it. says that anymore besides someone who's referring to, a, you know, seventeenth century <laughs> disease,
1: the hoarder Um But the the story behind how this creature got sold to them. So, Janos is like six foot three. Like, this dude is extremely tall. He might be taller than six foot three. He's at least six foot three. And this is a very low to the ground creature. So, essentially, he like came in and brought. There are two, there are, well, there are three different ways that this story gets told. I am going to believe Dorothy Fontana's version because she's the most accurate about everything. The mm-hmm. differences are minor, but um, he came in. He's like, everyone, let's go out to the parking lot to show off his creature. And he put on the creature thing and put a chicken in like his root and scuttled along to the point where the chicken was, went over the chicken. And then when he left, left chicken bones behind. Oh, my gosh. Oh! the other two versions of this are gene l Coon saying essentially the same thing but it happened inside the office and he left one of the silicone balls behind which later in the episode we'll see other the creature's eggs um but it's just like a ball and he's like oh i just watched the creature give birth um and ronberry says it happened in his office but there's not that much of a difference
0: um i wonder if the demonstration maybe it happened in the parking lot and then there was also one in the office i wonder if that's it's two different thinking. events that happened and that's why the the memories but also memories easily you know can change and i can yeah. see of course here's the thing. gene would want it to be in his office anyways i'm going to say yeah. that thing about gene i'm sure it's like no it happened in my office
1: <laughs> oh there's more to say about fucking gene oh later God. in this episode oh
0: is this a good the bad in the gene episode
1: this is the good, the bad, and the gene. Jean- like, gene. Jean- so, okay. So we've basically already given the conceit away. Horta, monster. Oh, but it protect egg. Oh, it's not monster. So Gene uh, ha you know, says that he got the idea from Joseph i'm uh, Sorry, not from Joseph Pevny, um From Janos Proska behaving as though he was laying an egg in the costume um dc fontana thinks that it was just something gene alcune came up with gene ronberry tells the story as gene alcune bringing him the draft of the script and being like something's missing i don't know why the horda is so mad and gene ronberry was like what if it's protecting its eggs, and then Gene L. Coon said, "My God, Gene Roddenberry, that's the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. Like that's Wait, how he you tells create it." Create
0: the Horda because you were trying to have it protect something. I mean, I guess like, it was mid draft, but still,
1: it's just wild. It's just the way that he describes it. It almost makes me think that he was being sarcastic.
0: You know, and and that at emotional... a certain point,
1: people took it seriously.
0: <laughs> you know the emotional crux of this episode? I yeah. made that.
1: I made that. And then he said, wow, you're a genius. And everyone clapped. Like, and everyone he clapped. And then uses, they did another like,
0: rail of cocaine.
1: That's brilliant. And you're a goddamn genius, Rod. Like Rod and Mary. Um, and it's like, ah, that happened for sure. Yep.
0: Oh my yep. god.
1: Uh, so that's pretty much all that rod like has in the background of this episode besides really loving this episode um it was directed by joseph pevney who was originally supposed to uh direct this side of paradise which oh, okay. we just saw but um coon and everyone were like mm, let's switch directors because this is like a cave episode with a lot of like weird special effects and like monsters yeah. and shit running around. Like, we don't want someone's first time to be this. Let's give it to Pevney, who did Arena. So they Another knew he could do based it. One. Another one. <laughs> Rock-based uh executive produced by Cocaine. These are Joseph Pevney's wheelhouse. Um and the third thing I want to share before we get started in the episode, so as not to jump scare anyone with grief, um, but during this episode, the shooting of this episode, William Shatner found out that his father died very suddenly of a heart attack. Um, and so there's like the moment that happens and sort of like things within the script that are related to that or related to the shooting of it. Um So yeah, just a warning. It doesn't really like play in much. It's just sort of one of those like little like, aww, stories. But yeah, let's get started.
0: Let us.
1: Missy, we open on a beautiful matte painting of one of the lithium mines we've seen earlier. Um, But now inside of a cave, because it's a mine in a cave. and there's, the caves are gorgeous. They're like this blue green color. Yeah. Um, the lighting is just so, so pretty and dynamic. Um, but we're in these beautiful green caves with these bunch of dudes in bright orange jumpsuits. Yep. With black pockets. And Chief Vanderberg, we know he's the chief. Why? He's in a slightly lighter shade of orange.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was pretty yellow. Yeah. It, it was, was pretty warm. yellow. It was, it was getting close to it.
1: <clears throat> getting close. Um, but they're all coming to greet Sam, who's on guard duty, and I guess walk back with him um, and leave the next guy who's going to be on guard duty. Schmitter. Schmitter is supposed to replace him. He's not jazzed about this. He's like, there is a monster down here and it keeps killing people and I'm nervous. And I don't want to be left alone down here in Garden. Everyone's like, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, we're only three minutes away if anything goes wrong. And he's like, a lot can happen in three minutes. So I'm glad to hear that they have the same response time as cops, yes. um, just right next to where the cops are. Um, but Schmitter is not convinced he's like i'm really nervous about this is it true the enterprise is coming to help us with this monster problem and they're like yes he's like will they come within the next three hours ha 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 they're like sure they turn and walk away and it doesn't even take three minutes before we get a great tracking shot those like you know the from the monster's perspective shots Mm -hmm. coming up on schmitter and Bam! He is attacked, he shouts, and all the men run back, and it's too late! He's been burned to a crisp.
0: Yes.
1: Rip Schmitter.
0: Uh, And you know what this cold open begins with? It actually begins with one of my favorite recurring stars of Star Trek. Oh. The music scene. (laughs) and open yes! with that i'm like i'm getting it already Hooray! <laughs> our suspenseful star trek sting he's it's like right here so good it could go
1: like honestly it has the same vibes as the cave world in super mario world like oh, any yeah. of the cave yeah. worlds yeah. like the do 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 like it could it could replace that. I would be so happy. Um, but space! The final frontier. Two days later, the Enterprise shows up. Uh so they also have the same response time as cops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they are in Vanderberg's office discussing the mystery at hand. That's right, it's another Star Trek mystery it for the is. past three months a monster or something not volcanic activity as kirk points out um has killed more than 50 people on the lower levels and it keeps getting to higher and higher levels that it's been attacking people and everyone is so freaked out about this that it's halted the mining of pergium.
0: missy oh we need God. this Pergeum. we need the pergium. How this am I was... going to be able to fill up my pergeuminator uh, if I don't the, have a pergeum? The, the Federation needs this fucking pergeum. Oh uh, my God. And <laughs> Kirk is not going to let a creature get in the way nope. of these minerals being extracted from this planet for their yep. own use.
1: Pretty it much. the most
0: urgent. He makes sure to yes. assure Vanderberg how mm-hmm. much he wants the flow of industry to keep going. Yep. How important it is for him.
1: Wildly important. Wildly. Uh, We get our next piece of evidence from uh, a miner in a bright pink jumpsuit. He's the only one in the bright pink jumpsuit.
0: Hello, sailor.
1: Hello, sailor. Uh, His name is Eddie Apple or apparel apple I, I, yeah
0: it's an apple it's it's, it's, it's apple spelled like p-e-l which mm. is unusual but i actually know people with that last name mm. I, what, so I, i'm used to seeing it that way but yeah apple is is how it's pronounced
1: eddie apple um i was thinking i'm like it sounds like apparel because he's the one in the weird apparel um, <laughs> so i remembered that um and he's like guys i have an eyewitness account of this monster i saw it i saw just a glimpse of it it was big and shaggy and i shot at it dead on with a phaser and it didn't even stop it didn't even slow it down and it's a type one phaser a fact that will never be brought up again in all of i was going
0: say we just learned about uh, type s- one and, one, type, two. and then type two, yeah, and it's just it's like, well, one is is strong, but two, it's stronger. It's <laughs> okay,
1: stronger.
0: I mean, I know um, they said their their phaser is set to stun, but yeah, we've never heard that there's a low phaser and a high phaser, setting. right?
1: Yeah, no, we're never gonna hear about that again. That's an, only this episode thing. Um, <clears throat> but this guy, Ed, he has a huge chip on his shoulder. Oh, God, also. Yeah. About how scary this creature is. He's just like, you Enterprise boys with your big old ship. Like, you can't take that ship with you down in the tunnels with the monster. Yeah, when he's... the fear takes you. Uh...
0: <laughs> huge, huge drags from his dirty soft pack <laughs> cigarettes. Just
1: shaking. Um, Which is kind of wild because they came completely out of their way. Only to help these guys yes. with the monster problem,
0: and also we know this, and we know those guys don't know this, but they've seen some shit. Yes, this like isn't even going to be in the top ten of like craziest yeah. things that they've done in Star. Trek. They've time traveled. Yeah, yeah, like they so have. Like, oh, uh, time traveled. Your minds are being uh, att- your, your your miners are being attacked. Oh, that's fine. We had to track in a guy who did genocide.
1: Yeah, yeah. How many genocides have been committed? Fifty people. Fifty.
0: Um, only fifty. Um. So, still, I heard of like fifty. I'm like, seems like a lot. Like, what's a lot of guys. What, what are a they mining
1: operation?
0: So I also wanted to know what are they doing. Like, what. Yeah. <laughs> Are they just sending these people down carte blanche just being like, well, what we need is more bodies to make sure (laughs) we can know what this thing that's stacking all these bodies is. And like, we keep getting all these bodies. We can't, we can't stop sending people down there to get killed. So far, that's the only thing we're being good at right now is sending people to their death. And I'm like, what is happening on this place?
1: They took everyone walked with Schmitter to leave him alone in this place they need that pergium and everyone knows pergium is afraid of like too much noise so uh you have to be really quiet so you don't scare the pergium (laughs)
0: Uh.
1: Um, (laughs) so uh, this guy is just like trying to be super manly in front of kirk but now we get our third piece of evidence from dr mccoy who has examined the remains of the miners and he's like, N- these people haven't, like, been burned to death. Like, it looks like they're incinerated. They've been corroded to death.
0: Yeah. Like, nasty.
1: been put in acid. They have been jokerized. They have been not found worthy. And they're dead now. Um, and they're not
0: laughing now.
1: We get a little foreshadowing at this point. Because Spock picks up a rubber ball painted gold. <laughs> yeah literally, um, on Van desk and is like, oh, cool, mm. what's this? And Vandenberg's mm. like, I don't care about it. We find them everywhere and it's not per GM. I need per yeah.
0: oh, oh, we I found we a bunch of these GM. perfectly spheroid silicone nodules bullshit out there. Yeah. Clearly it's nothing.
1: Clearly nothing. If it's not per GM, I don't care. Um, but all of this is, of course, interrupted by another really cool tracking shot of a guard guarding the nuclear reactor and we know it's the nuclear reactor because it's labeled nuclear reactor mm-hmm. and we see him get got by this monster uh basically jumps in, but we see it from the monster's perspective we see the burnt spot on the ground where the guard was yeah
0: like a like a perfect chalk outline mm-hmm. by the police
1: pretty much and like Basically a snail trail, but of corroded smoking ground. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, our guys get there, um, they realize that it got into the nuclear reactor and it stole the main circulating pump. And it can't just be replaced because this is an old piece of technology that's never been updated. So I'm glad to know nuclear reactors run the same way that every website does.
0: <laughs> right? Oh my god! Like, it was so funny when like they cut to like Scotty's like, oh an x2 oh we haven't maybe had those 20 years ago but those things haven't been in production for like the look on his face yeah. he was trying not to like derisively laugh at the uh the like prospect of getting one of those things and then they're like well can you get us apart anyways and then his face changes and goes oh shit like <laughs> no, oh no no wait oh, a minute no. <laughs> <laughs> i have to do
1: this like wait you've actually been using one of those like this wasn't just a random question so, yeah, apparently we can't just delete the the untidy-looking code. The nuclear reactor will explode. Um, and they're, they're so concerned uh, because now they are all going to die. Either they're all going to asfis- as- asphyxiate because the nuclear reactor is running the environmental controls in the mine, or they will all get radiated to death by the exploding nuclear reactor.
0: Gosh, which would I want? Mm, would you rather?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Um, but we call Scotty. Like you said, we have a little stopgap. Kirk says, um, Scotty, ride herd on it. Kind words, tender, loving care. Kiss it, baby it, flatter it if you have to, but keep it going uh just kiss kiss the little reactor um and we get another little speculation scene where Kirk's like hey Spock what the hell do you think could be happening here and Spock's like well we've been looking for life forms it acts like a life form it looks like a life form but we're not picking up life forms maybe it's a life form unlike any we've seen before Maybe it's based on silicone. And like, Kirk like pulls down his cup. He's like, oh. And McCoy's like, ah. He like basically like derisively laughs.
0: Uh, And this, the quote that Spock gives is, uh, it's life but not as we know it. Which for me plays some significance because I've heard this mm -hmm. line repeated over and over in a song called Star Trekkin'. Are you familiar with the song Star Trek I
1: I'm, I don't think so.
0: It's a, maybe we'll get into that. So it's a Dr. Demento novelty. It's the, he didn't make it, but he, he was one of those records mm-hmm. that he played. as like a novelty hit. And it's people doing like, uh, it's, it's. I'm trying to think of what the word is. It's not a round but, like, each character comes in with a little intro and they sing mm. like their one little stuff. And then the next character comes in, but the previous character also then sings theirs. So it's mm-hmm. like the 12th day of a Christmas buildup. That's, I don't know what that's called, but mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, with each of the characters coming in. And that's the one that Spock had. So I've just heard mm-hmm. it over and over because it just is part of the, uh, yes. the, the thing that's in there. Yeah.
1: Life, but not as we know it. Um, and yeah, they basically laugh at him. Um, Kirk even asked him to speculate. Yeah, Um, And Spock's like, I've already given Dr. McCoy sufficient cause for amusement. I'd prefer to cognate on the possibilities for a time. Okay, cocaine.
0: (sighs) I prefer to cognate.
1: Um, But because they have literally nothing else to go on, um, when they assemble the security team of, uh, you know, Red Shirts, they're like, we're giving you phaser number two, again, a thing that will never come up again, and set it to silicone, like, set yes. it to be real good at st- getting <laughs> we, that.
0: You know, instead of organic matter, we are just make a, you know, you can just flip a, a, little, a little switch, and mm-hmm. it'll just go for rock form. Like, these yep. phasers are, I didn't know they were so modular.
1: Right? Um, and we head out into the tunnels. For another action chase scene, now with all of our Enterprise guys, we get another great tracking shot from the monster's perspective of a young blonde uh, red shirt who gets got by the creature.
0: Yes, well, we need to have yep. our Jim Matthews yep. red shirt award handed to unnamed blonde unnamed <laughs> red shirt
1: blonde Shart. red shirt.
0: Blondie. goodbye i'm sure I'm someone has blonde. given them a name somewhere and if we did the research i'll see you know what i'll look and see if i can figure out what that character's name is as we go here okay <laughs> someone's gonna have it but i want you to i want you to continue with uh with the story here
1: well good because i do have a little thing happening but basically like we now see the creature in this shot. Yes. Um because Spock and Kirk run in and see the creature, they see the piece of the hut itself slug trail its way towards the wall and then cut through it in a perfectly circular tunnel like it's air. And Kirk kneels by the fallen crewman and he's really sad because that's the scene uh were right before William Shatner was told his dad died. Oh. Um, the studio got him the first flight like possible out, but it was that evening and he was like, I don't like wanna be alone, like I'll finish the scene, like I'll finish, you know, the day of shooting. Um and he remembered that during shooting, uh, Leonard Nimoy and Jerry Finnerman, who was the cinematographer, were both really nice to him and like stayed really nearby him, um, and and brought him a lot of comfort. Uh, So that is a a lovely little story about their closeness.
0: Um, So as far as I can tell, I believe that the character's name might be Engineer Number One.
1: Oh, Engineer Number One! Rough, rough, rip. Rip my guy. Oh man. Uh but <laughs> by then Commander Giotto and the rest of the team show up on the scene and find that actually Kirk and Spock were able to cut off a piece of it. Yeah. Even shooting it with phaser number two, they were only able to cut a little bit off of this monster. Um, but again, we get like a slice of pizza, basically. Just a big hunk of cheese with sausages on it. And then there's this great shot, like, looking down a tunnel with, like, Kirk at the end of it and two dudes behind him. And he's like, guys, fuck. Now we're dealing with a wounded animal.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Kirk and Spock are back speculating. uh, And they're like, there are three possibilities for what's going on. Because there are uh, hundreds of tunnels. Just like the one that they saw the creature make. Mm-hmm. And furthermore. If a creature were able to make tunnels like this. It totally would have been able to kill all 50 dudes. Like at the speed at which they're seeing thing- people die. And so <laughs> it's either one creature or a race of creatures And all of them have died except for one. Those are our options.
0: Those are our options. Those are the only options that you could ever figure Mm -hmm. out from this scenario.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I have to go back for one moment. Because when... Yes. And so when the piece of Horda comes off and they're analyzing it, Spock's kind of looking at it, hmm, good. He goes, ah, yes, it reminds me of asbestos. And I went, oh, no. Oh, God, it truly is a killer monster. No, get away. Get away please yes. somehow this this version of the universe didn't know they never figured it no. out no no this life form is
1: asbestos it's fiberglass asbestos um they're like this is just a mineral. um but spock is basically like look it's one of those two things and if it's the last of its whole race it would be a crime against science to kill it but Kirk says, Mr. Spock, our mission is to protect
0: the Pergeum! The Pergeum! Think of the Pergeum and its, <laughs> it's and its you know, Pergeum. wife. <laughs> what are you going to tell Mrs. Pergeum? That we didn't mine her husband? Like, what are we going to do? Um,
1: he's just like, this is not a zoological expedition. Um, if we have to, we'll use our phasers to cut our own tunnels to kill this thing. Like, Mr. Spock, I'm sorry, but the creature's going to have to die. And Spock's like, you're right. Like, I have no idea. But, honestly, he doesn't give that much of a fuck about GM because when the security team is together, Spock is like, okay, but also, though, if you could, if you just happen to be in a situation where you can capture it, and not kill the thing that's been killing every single person we've seen, no matter what weapons they have on them, or how many people are around them. Uh... If you can just capture it, maybe do that. And Kirk is like, excuse him, moi. I'm not losing any more fucking guys.
0: Yeah, which which is like, at that point, a reasonable kind of position to take. Yeah. It is. I mean, I'm with Spock in that, ooh, unique life form kind of thing. But yeah. also, like, I I don't know if I was at my job, say, and I had, like, a wildebeest come through and right. it was like killing 50 things and we're like oh no but the wildebeest has babies that yeah. we, that did that my first response would be oh no like we have to protect the wildebeest and the babies it might just be like i i don't know it's still so scary which i realized oh that's what i'm supposed to stop and mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. episode i see what you're doing <gasps> also by this point i'm not gonna jump ahead i, I had yes. already when the first silicone nodule appeared, I had already guessed what it was. And so I was waiting for us to get further into this scenario here.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, But Kirk is like, fine, fine. Well, maybe if we can find it. Um, But in fact, Spock, I'm so annoyed with you that I don't even want you here with me anymore. Go help Scotty. And Spock is like, Captain, like, I can't help Scotty. I might as well stay here. And Kirk's like, fuck, I want this guy out of my hair. I'm going to do another uh, uh, way. And he's like, well, both of us can't die. Because, you know, you're you're the second in command. (laughs) And Spock's like, Captain, there are approximately 100 of us engaged in the search against one creature. The odds against you and I both being killed is 2,228.7 to one. Never tell me the odds, Mr. Never Spock.
0: Never tell me the odds, Mr. Spock. I, when I heard that drop, I had the same thought. I was just yep. like, oh, okay. Another person giving us the odds, which of course mm-hmm. means the odds that we're going to, oh, it, it just so happens to be that we're going to meet the creature later on. And it's our main characters that meet it.
1: Yup. Um, but Kirk, you know, we get a little comedy. We get a good Gene Alcoon comedy dialogue moment uh, where Kirk's like, well, you know, 2001, those are pretty good odds, Mr. Spock. Uh, and Spock's like, and they are, of course, accurate, Captain. Like, okay, Spock, no one was questioning if you are good at odds. Um, and Kirk says, of course, well, I hate to use the word, but logically, with those kinds of odds, you might as well stay but please stay out of trouble, Mr. Spock.
0: Uh, <laughs> turn it back around.
1: Well, Scotty calls in to let us know that there is still a ticking clock on the nuclear yes, reactor. Yes, in case exploding. you had forgotten
0: about that with, yeah. with the Horta.
1: <laughs> with the Horta, with the whole thing. Um, and so Kirk's like, right, right, yes, ticking clock. Uh, let's beam all the miners up and then we'll find out the monster. We'll get the precious per GM back. It'll all be fine. um, But Chief Vander... overheard uh, overhears this. He's, like, hanging out with Scotty. Uh, and he's like, uh, no fucking way are we leaving. Me and a group of guys are saying, and if you don't even have enough phasers to go around, we will use
0: clubs. Yeah. <laughs> We're just... We got our beaten sticks ready to go.
1: Like... Where was this attitude from Schmitter right before he died what, when everyone was so did, scared?
0: It just seems like now you're ready to all get into a gaggle and go on a manhunt. You didn't all gaggle mm-hmm. and do that beforehand. you just been sending individual sentries out one at a time.
1: Like, wild. But even more wild, Kirk is like, great, sounds good, and hangs up. Like, yep. Just like, perfect. I am so glad that angry colonists are willing to defend the land that they feel so entitled to with clubs against an unknown force that appears to be there.
0: they have the noble goal of extracting <laughs> all the pergeum.
1: That pergeum! Oh my
0: God. Like, <laughs> Kirk is putting his life on the line for the pergeum. It's uh, those men yes. forming a gaggle <laughs> They won't leave the planet because they don't want to leave the pergium behind.
1: Mm, that tasty, tasty pergium.
0: God bless pergium, <laughs> mineral that I love. <laughs> don't shoot until you see the whites of their pergium. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> um. So. We're in the tunnels. We're looking for our monster keeping us from that pergium, And we come to two two tunnels diverge in a blue-green cave. Yes. Um,
0: and Kirk's like, I'll take the one off taken. You take the one less off taken.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, it's like, we'll each take one. And they're like, okay. Well, I um, well
0: Spock's like, is that logical? And Kirk's like... Do it (laughs) (laughs) basically, and Spock's like, Okay, but it's It's just, he's like, There's there's more tunnels to search. We have more, we can explore more ground that way.
1: Yep, he's like, There's two of us, there's two tunnels, perfect, perfect logic. Um, and in those tunnels, Kirk comes into a huge chamber with many painted rubber balls. Oh, yes, and just as he finds it. The wall behind him collapses, and he's not able to go back the way he came. Spock can't get to him. They know that the two caves come back together, though, eventually. So it should be fine, right? Kirk can just oh, yeah. keep moving forward. Uh except, oh my God, what's coming through the wall?
0: Dun 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 dun, 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 dun. A horta. <laughs> do 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 do,
1: and it's. Face to face with Kirk in its full Pizza the Hut glory. And it kind of shuffles like back and forth, but it does not attack Kirk. It doesn't run at him. It doesn't jump at him. Kirk just kind of faces it. And I think he's thinking what Spock said. Like if the opportunity presents itself to capture it, it might be a crime against science to shoot it.
0: It would be especially when this creature is made from a unique composition of spinach and rice, green beans, orca stew, (laughs) peas and potatoes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Greek horda. I got, I'm sorry. Which of course literally means wild greens when you translate Um.
1: (laughs) But Spock calls Kirk at this moment and is like, I have a read on the creature. It's really nearby. And Kirk's like, yeah, like yeah. I'm in front of it.
0: <laughs> you know what? I can confirm it's nearby.
1: Like, uh, yep. I and Spock is immediately like, kill it. Like, kill it the right the fuck now. Like, Jim, Kirk, like, don't take this
0: chance. Shoot it. Save your precious life, my love. <laughs> He's like, do it, motherfucker. And Kirk's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Weren't you the one that was yeah. preaching peace, love, and harmony and, like, to capture the creature? He's like, but it will kill you, Jim. It could Jim. kill you. And it's Jim. like, oh, Spock is only worried when it's Kirk. Now that it's Kirk on the line. The odds yeah. have come to you. Oh, no. Like, which, yeah. in a weird way, I'm like, that shows his care for Kirk. Yeah, it super
1: does, uh, and it's moments like that that saved Star Trek through the power of shipping fan fiction. But yeah, he's like, "It's a known killer,
0: Kirk, kill it." Yeah, I guess just like you, these, It's not that as if the revelation that it was a known killer happened yeah. after they first like were introduced to the concept and like, oh wait, now we know it's a killer. You've known this the whole time, Spock. Yeah. It's just, you listed it's out the odds of this happening.
1: Yeah, like you're happy to let other people possibly die to capture it, but not your precious love, Jim Kirk.
0: Because <laughs> you have to keep the bro, the, the, the tri-bromance alive.
1: Exactly. Um, we cut to the colonists, um, including our great friend Ed in his bright pink jumpsuit. Um, and they're just walking around with fucking clubs. Like to kill this thing, they're ready to fucking kill it. We cut back to Kirk, who is face to face with the creature, just kind of waiting for Spock to show up. Um, it's not moving at him, so he just kind of sits down at a certain point and is like, hey, so like wanna talk? Like, mmm, mm-hmm. hey, creature, wanna chat. And the creature, like, responds to his voice. It doesn't act like it understood him. But what it does is it turns around and shows him a big white spot where its armor was taken off by the phaser. Mm-hmm. So sort of showing, like, hey, like, you've hurt me. Spock runs into the chamber and Kirk's like, don't shoot it, don't shoot it. Because Spock is, like, about to kill it.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, um, he's guns blazing.
1: Yeah. And he's like, don't kill it. And realizing that it's not making any threatening moves. Like Spock also puts down his phaser. Um, and Kirk just shows some serious conspicuous gallantry in this episode. He's like, come meet my new friend, Mr. Spock. This is the creature that's been killing everyone. It seems to really enjoy hanging out in this chamber with thousands of gold balls. I don't know why. Um, and Spock is like... I have an idea and we get like a little like chime in the soundtrack
0: yeah. to denote
1: like Spock getting an idea, which is fun.
0: What I love, it is it is the auditory light bulb. going Yes.
1: Off. Yes. It's very faint and I love it. Um, and Spock's like, hmm, you know, I have a secret power. Uh, that's not so secret because we used it as a deus ex machina, machina in many episodes of this show <laughs> such far. I can mind melt with it.
0: And I do like, he it's, he brings up like, Jim, I don't know if you happen to remember, but I have this ability to connect with people's minds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have psychic
1: abilities. I don't yeah. know if uh, you've ever heard of it. but um, <laughs> So now we get to the best scene of all of Star Trek, I think. William Shatner was not actually on set for this part. Um, It was all of the shots where it's Kirk from behind. That's Eddie Paskey. Um, Because William Shatner was gone. He was at his dad's funeral at that point. Um, And they got all the reaction shots later, like a bit later. Um, But... William Shatner reported that after the funeral, when he got back and he got to listen to William, uh sorry, Leonard Nimoy do the following lines, his cries of pain, 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 um, it, it made uh, William Shatner laugh. And then he also, to make everyone else laugh, said, will somebody please get this Vulcan an aspirin? <laughs> Very cute. And that's the line that I quote almost every day of my life. When I'm feeling, as a person who has a pain disorder, I often feel pain that we can do nothing about. And I just go, pain! Pain! pain the devils! And it makes me laugh, too. So
0: oh, I'm glad. <laughs> it, it was um. really interesting to see because he's like, Acting, yeah. I mean, he is giving it his all, but he but it was I, it did through me for a second because he was all of a sudden and his first reaction is to go huh! and make a noise, and he like stiffens up and his face like contorts. Mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh my god, what is what are you doing, Spock?
1: <laughs> yup, uh, he's, he's screaming pain and then he breaks contact with it when he's like, Fuck, like this thing is in searing agony. Like all I'm getting is waves and waves of terrible pain. But like as soon as it breaks contact, it backs up and it goes over a rock and then leaves the rock and in corrosion on the rock, the Horta, who has now gotten a way to communicate with them from Spock's mind, no kill I.
0: Okay, and now Again, in the last third, we're dropping yep. this switcheroo that it is a sentient enough creature that it can, when it bonded with, with Buck, learned enough English language yep. to be able to then communicate no kill eye. Yup. And it's uh, in perfectly written calligraphy. Perfect.
1: perfect. Um. No Kill Eye was the name of a Star Trek-themed punk rock band.
0: <laughs> great.
1: It's a great band name. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. So No Kill Eye, does that mean it wasn't killing people? Or that it doesn't want to be killed? Or that it won't kill us right now? Um, but apparently he got more than just waves and waves of searing pain because he's sort of like piecemeals this information. Uh, and he's like, it calls itself the Horta. And it's highly sophisticated. It's super sapient. Like that is a real creature. And it's a really gentle creature too. Um and Kirk is like, fuck. We need to win this thing's confidence because there is a machine that we still need. Remember the ticking clock that we had to have Scotty call in like three times about because I would have forgotten it by this point.
0: And we can't we have the creature just stealing it as soon as we install it again.
1: Yeah, we need that circulating pump. Um, so Kirk calls the Enterprise, and he's like, send down McCoy. McCoy, I got a patient for you. Spock's like, what the fuck is McCoy going to do? And
0: he's like, <laughs> he's for Spock healer. is like, wait, what? The plan is <laughs> yeah. what? You know how he's un- like, illogical it is to bring a, a doctor of, you know, human composition for a uh, rock?
1: For a rock. Um, Kirk's like he's a healer. I got a patient. Which he says later too. To McCoy. Um, And somehow the Horta like understands. That they were calling it a doctor. um, Because this won the confidence. This won all the confidence they needed. um, Because Swak's like all right, I'm going to reestablish communication. This time I have to touch it. In order to get like. Good communication. Um, But you know, hopefully it won't corrode me to death as soon as I touch it. Because it understands that we called it a doctor. So he touches it and it does not corrode him. And at this moment, uh, we see right outside of this cave system, all these fucking miners with clubs. Yep. And Commander Giotto's just holding them back. And Kirk is like, if when McCoy gets here, let him through. But please do not let through all these fucking miners with clubs. And at this point, communication has been made. And Spock is translating for the Horta. Murders! Devils! Murders of children! Thousands! Strike back! Murder the monsters! Um, he's going and on like this. this
0: is when we we realized if we haven't before, we're yep. in an oops, all genocide situation. Uh-oh.
1: Oops, oops, all genocide. Oops, all genocide. Um, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> A flavor of <laughs> um, <laughs> At this point, McCoy shows up and gives his iconic catchphrase for the first time. <gasps> yeah. He says, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. He's also like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? Um, An earlier version of the phrase was used in Corbamite Maneuver when he says, what am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor?
0: Yes. And in fact, you... you, laid down the bricks earlier. Oh, and you mentioned that there the the first one would be, I'm not a doctor, I'm a bricklayer. And so when he said it, yeah. I went, hey!
1: He hey! said the phrase. It's the bricklayer one. Um but Kirk is like, figure it out. What the fuck? Like just figure it fucking out. Doctor patient. Done. <laughs> And as he's doing this, we're listening to Spock translate, being like, murders of children, end of life, eternity stops. Like, oh, just let me die. Like, this horde is in despair. And then finally it says, he's like, I will tell you what you need. Go into the chamber of ages. Walk carefully in the vault of tomorrow. Sorrow for the murdered children.
0: Where Kirk's I, like... At this point, I was wondering, I'm like, wait, is there some sort of religious element involved in all this? And, right? and then I kind of pieced together, oh, no, 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 no. That's what they're calling like a nursery, essentially. Like, yeah. ah, the tomorrow. It's, it's okay, mm-hmm. I get, I see what's going to be happening, yeah.
1: hmm Outside, again, we see the miners just foaming at the mouth to kill this thing with clubs. Like, they realize the thing is in there, because the doctor went in. Um, Kirk reaches the Chamber of Ages and sees thousands of what he now realizes are horta eggs.
0: And they're all cracked.
1: Yep, a lot of them are broken. McCoy is ordering pounds and pounds of thermal concrete. Uh, And he also doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. He's just like, I don't know, beam it down and spock is still hanging out with the horta like oh let me die i have failed i'm a failure
0: yeah this horta yeah. is like despondent this horta is basically yeah. like oh life is so much pain uh all all these things are dead i you know what just take me out with it
1: yeah pretty much um it's like take your stupid circulating pump like i don't care anymore like take your pergy um Take your stupid pergillum, you sons of bitches. Um, (laughs) But at this uh, point, Kirk reappears and pulls Spock out of his reverie. And he's like, look, I have the unit. And look, here's a bunch of broken fucking eggs. And the miners must have broken in. Like they must have broken into the hatchery and broken a bunch of eggs because they didn't know what they were.
0: Yeah, because they had mentioned earlier there was a, it didn't start until they broke into a certain layer of the earth, or the earth as in obviously the earth ground.
1: Mm -hmm. And at that moment, the miners overpower our Enterprise men and they break into the chamber ready with their clubs to beat the creature to death.
0: Which, uh, I, when I was quickly looking up the Star Trek uh, information to try and figure out uh, who we'd be awarding our Captain Matthews Award to, Engineer Number One, mm-hmm. I also saw the first goof on there was the the plan for using clubs makes no sense because no. if it was a acidic, if it was a rock creature, it would simply bash the outside of it and go conk, and if it was uh, you know acidic parts underneath, then it would just absorb it all. And I'm like, they don't know that. That's not a goof, they don't know that yet.
1: they don't know that, but they do know that their phasers aren't working on it, yeah, so they're like a phaser's not working, so I'm gonna use a club. um, these men aren't just foaming like why it's like a pogrom, like it really feels pogrom-y, especially with their with their like bats, with their clubs. They're just like, no, this place is ours, um but they break in. And it's just as McCoy. It's like figuring out to heal the thing with concrete, you know? He's he's just like bricklaying all over he's, the sky. His,
0: his hands are covered in concrete goop. It's yes. so funny. At first I thought he was wearing gloves or something. I looked him like, oh no, that's just wet ass concrete yep. material.
1: Yup. Uh, they're about to kill the Horta, but Kirk and Spock turn their phasers on the miners. They're like the first person to touch this. This lady here, this fine young woman, uh, Horta, here, dies. Like, I will fucking kill you.
0: Yeah. All, he, all the miners go, uh-oh, oh
1: They're like, what? And they're like, all right, here's the deal. This is a Horta. There are many, many of them, but every 50,000 years, they all die except for one. And then all the egg, eggs live and they hatch. And they have a mother who teaches them all the things. That's the Horta. That is the mother of civilization. And the cycle starts again. That's just what the life cycle of this animal is. Um, and in fact, it doesn't give a shit about you. It knew that you were all here, did not give a shit what you were doing until you started breaking the eggs. Would have been happy just to leave you do all of your shit and, and not fuck with you, you know?
0: And, and all the miners basically go, oh, that's what oh. we were doing? we didn't know. Oh, well, I guess we, uh, I guess we can let it, you know, be or something. Oh,
1: no, they like seem like a little bit ashamed of themselves. Yeah,
0: they have like guilt.
1: Yeah, but then they're like, but what about the Pergium, sirs? No,
0: (laughs) no one's mentioning the 50 people that have died. It's just we're moving on from that
1: nope we're just like um but uh, but but the pergium per um there's gonna be like thousands of these things i don't i don't know how i feel about that and kirk's like i can figure it out just calm your shit down. i will barter a deal
0: yeah they're like we can what would be a better deal here than yeah. to get these hordas to mine through all the rock Because they don't want the minerals. They yeah. just want that tasty, tasty rock. And yep. so they're boring their way through that. And then you can get all the pergium you want. Your Pretty profits will, will raise 10,000
1: fold. Peace and harmony will benefit you capitalism style. American dream. Um, but they're a little worried it might not go through because... The Horta might die, but that's okay, because McCoy just healed it.
0: I just slapped some concrete down, and I thought, well, if it's made of rock, maybe it needs more rock. At least it'll act like a Band-Aid.
1: Yeah, and he's just like, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day.
0: I love uh, that line. I love that line. my favorite
1: line. That is also one of my very favorite lines that I quote a lot. (laughs)
0: he's also very happy with himself without confirming with the creature whatsoever yet that it's satisfied. He's basically like, I did my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No reason not not to believe me.
1: Like go back in and like, you know, make sure. No. Um, But he's, he's rubbing his hands together. Like an evil scientist. He's like, Hey, 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 and Kirk's like, well, Spock, I'm going to have to get you, ask you to get in touch with the Horta again and tell her our proposition, um, you know. Great American dream for all. They do whatever they want. We reap all the spoils. That's how it works with every indigenous population, right? If you work with them, you will still succeed capitalism style and you'll succeed better. You shouldn't just respect them based on their basic humanity. And even if you don't benefit from working with them, do so because that's the right thing to do. Um,
0: I want I want to get into the analogy of this, but I also we're so close to the end of the episode, but remind yes. me, I want to break down what's the theme of this episode?
1: The theme exactly.
0: yeah, I want the I want to help break it down, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a good spot to start thinking of that. Because the theme is is pretty simple. It's the like, oh, mm-hmm. a monster that is not a monster.
0: Um, yeah, but there's also stuff weaved in there where it's a little bit about like ecology and living with other creatures yeah. and stuff. And I know this is like a sentient creature, but like
1: I, I didn't like take it as, nature. I didn't
0: take this as like, oh, it's a racism analogy. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and they were being, you know, Races toward the creature or whatever I thought it more of being like okay so we're supposed to live with the land and with the uh species that are there and is like is this an uh, an environmental message is is this a a human relation to animal message I, I I mean I know it's like just an interesting fun story but mm-hmm. that because so many Star Trek episodes have a thesis with them yeah m- the thesis for this was like, treat animals better
1: i guess question mark yeah and sort of like violence isn't always necessary sometimes violence done against you is yeah defensive uh if you don't know the whole picture uh and you might want to 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 stop that and it does seem logical captain spock says the horse has a very logical mind and after close association with humans, I find that curiously refreshing.
0: Burn. It's okay. Even they're Spock. Gonna, they're going to burn Spock yeah. back later.
1: Yup. Um, back on the Enterprise, Chief Vanderberg is like, we're making so much fucking money. Like, we have so yeah. much per GM. Yeah.
0: Who's so weird? Like, wow, these hordes are great. We're, we're doing great with them. We're do- you know, they're doing great with us. It's fantastic. Everything has resolved itself and everything's mm-hmm. A-OK
1: now everything's perfect um and i'm even getting used to how fucking ugly those creatures are.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh spock's like that's so funny because that's actually what the mother horta said about humans that like they're just wildly ugly but she thinks she can get used to it um and mccoy is like Oh, and what did she think of your ears? And he's like, actually, she really liked the ears. She, I didn't have the heart to tell her. No one else
0: that no other has human my has sexy she, ears. Yeah, she thought that the point de ears was the best feature of humanoids.
1: Yep. Um, and Spock finishes our our finishing quip is, Captain, the Horta is a remarkably intelligent and sensitive creature with impeccable taste. And Kirk's like, because she approved of you. And Spock's like, really, Captain. My modesty. And Kirk says, does not bear close examination. Mr. Spock, I suspect you're becoming more and more human all the time. And he says, Captain, I see no reason to stand here and be
0: insulted. Which I swear is the second time they've made yep. that exact joke. It yep. is literally just, Spock, you're kind of like, I think you're becoming a bit human. He's like, How? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> And the Fuck horse you, you wrote in on. How dare you. And the you. horda you wrote in on for suggesting yeah. that. Like, my God. Punch <laughs> me well, in my dick. I'd rather you do that.
1: Just just rip my dick off. And I only use it once I on was, I years. God
0: damn it. I was just <laughs> about to get that in there. I was going to let you finish. I'm like, I only get to use You got it. Exactly.
1: <gasps> Which is coming so soon. We are so close oh to season God. number two. And the, the first episode of season two is a mock time where we get to learn about Vulcan mating rituals. Oh
0: my god! Oh my god! And I'll know what but, the Futurama episode is about with uh, Zoidberg.
1: Yes, but that is the devil in the dark. You see our beautiful allegory about similar to the one with the uh, the Gorn, yeah, wherein. They were being attacked and they're saying, no, you attacked our outposts.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: thought you were invading us. So we had to destroy you. And they're like, oh, fuck. Issues. We saw the same thing. They're so hard. They're so hard. Um, but this is with one where the communication is entirely different, which is just wild. I love this episode so much because it's campy as hell. It's kind of spooky. Uh, That's something that a lot of people liked about it, that it was, like, kind of spooky. And another, I have have two more facts. Missy, this episode only includes one actress who appears for a few seconds and has no lines. And this is the only episode that has no female speaking parts in all of Star Trek. Isn't that, like, actually really heartening and, like, weird to think, like, Oh, like, they have more than I would have expected. Yeah. Like, for a show made in the 60s, an action-adventure show in the 60s. It would
0: it would have been more preferable if they had more reoccurring females within mm-hmm. the, like, staff in there. And I know they had some intention with that with, like, Janice Rand and other people, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, otherwise... There's always like female representation in terms of who they're visiting, or they bring in a, you know, lady of the week for lack of a better term because that sounds dismissive. But like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they there's someone from Starfleet that that comes in and yeah. is there for a bit. Yeah, that's so wild. They
1: usually they usually have 50 percent of the background characters being women, which mm-hmm. is something that modern shows don't do. But it was something that Gene was really intense on and he actually wrote a letter to gene coon saying like hey like per nbc's push towards diversity which like gene would later be like they didn't want black people and that's why i i you're saying that i didn't have enough and it's like they super wanted black people like they super wanted diversity on their sets uh stan richardson is black that's their nbc guy um though there are, I do not doubt that there were many executives at NBC that were like, okay, but also I hate diversity.
0: Yeah, it was like, okay, you can have mm-hmm. some black people on, you know, yeah. but let's not, let's not, you know, be making, you know, like half the cast. Oh, you know, God forbid, like half the cast is minority. Yeah. or whatever.
1: Um, but yeah, he wrote to Janelle Coon and was like, hey, like per NBC's reminder, uh, let's get some ladies on set. Granted, again, this can get phony and unbelievable if not handled right so he's still a fucking 60s man but he's like look we're in a century where women are granted equal status and responsibility with men Mm -hmm. so we should try and imagine that future which would have women in different types of uh roles like they could have been an assistant director like they and we should be reminding our own directors uh, on set in our own casting people all of that that we want women in normal roles
0: yeah this this was having to break a lot of men from the boys club like just forgetting, forgetting that the military was um I don't know if the word segregated is right, but by sex, uh, you know, but was yeah, separate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I never know if the word segregation only means specifically in terms of race and everything like that, but yeah. um, separating them at least. Yeah. The women yeah, like, just think... weren't allowed in the military. And so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it was all boys clubs. So they were just like, well, the women mining. in the military, you know, sure that will happen in, in, yeah. in the far out future.
1: And things like mining things like, outposts and yes. stuff like yeah a lot of the workers are imagine. men yeah.
0: anytime we see like a worker in this and it's like a manual job it's a man i i don't mm-hmm. i'm trying to th- I actually not think about it i i can't say that i've seen a woman doing a like a hard labor position yeah. in any star trek episode so far
1: absolutely i mean even down to the muds women like the third episode the idea is that there's no women on this mining yeah. planet where everyone wants dilithium so they're importing women you know it's the same as the old west stories which are imagined as being overly dominated you know male dominated areas
0: and don't those miners look so ridiculous slaving away for lithium when yeah. they could have been trying to target the, Pergea market. the pergium market it was right there
1: the oh, I remember the pergium
0: phrase when they first discovered that element. People were making mm-hmm. pergium, like plates, pergium glasses, Just pergium. Oh, man, per-gium. you could get like pergium that you could put on your teeth. Oh, my God. It was everywhere. Hair <laughs> care products, pergium. Oh, we, did, we yep. didn't We did know the side effects, though. We had no idea that you would turn into a horta after using it.
1: And it is, it is an entirely fictional element. I did just Google it. Yes. I was like, what if per GM is something? And does it have anything to do with the fact that it sounds like per diem, which is a really... Like it, a word that would be used uh, right. on sets. We,
0: we keep using the word pergeum, <laughs> pergeum over, and my brain is like, Do you mean, my brain is auto correcting with Eclipse. Yeah. Do you mean per diem? No, brain, I don't. I am, this is a new word called pergeum that we're having to accept. It sounds, and we're talking about pay, being paid <laughs> for it. So that's why you didn't think that way, but it's not.
1: Yep. Um, and I think that this is one of the things that shows us the the fingerprints of that executive producer. Yes. Amphetamines.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just being like, and it's called, um, pergium. And, um.
0: I also like that. So, like, I, I'm on the Wikipedia for for it, and it has the, and I'm there. But just underneath, uh, for the section of, f- uh, fictional Star Trek drugs, the Venus drug mm. is listed from Mudd's Women.
1: Yeah. The Venus drug. The drug that makes... Women more womanly and men more manly and has no effect on envy people.
0: (laughs) Except you had the power within you the whole time.
1: Yep. Except for that, of course.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Missy, what did you think of this episode?
0: So I'm so glad that you love this episode, that it's one of your favorites. I didn't love it. I put it... Toward the bottom. Because here's the thing. That first light mm-hmm. it takes so much time just to get to the and even to the fact that beforehand I'm like, okay, it's eggs. Okay, it's a creature that is protecting its eggs. Dog eyes, this is what's going on here. Okay. The twist of it being sentient and having the Vulcan mind melt, that's the most interesting part of the episode. And I wish mm-hmm. oh, you know, and it's you know, it's different, but I wish we hadn't spent so much time chasing down the creature and spent more time like getting into the you know relationship between all but i thought the conversation that they had was interesting enough for for us to be able to to talk about it and and get some points from it so yeah it's again every episode of star trek so far is fun to watch compared to a lot of other media so this is me saying it's rough compared to other star trek episodes we have which also we just had how many bangers in a row we talk about mm-hmm. the word iconic literally have mm-hmm. had like several iconic episodes in this back end um so this one just felt a little less than but mm-hmm. i'm glad that i got to meet horda and that <gasps> i'll uh have horda my- okay let's look a look up star trek horda body pillow and let's see Star <gasps> Trek. Yeah. <Horta> body pillow. <laughs> oh,
1: please. Or a bean please. bag. Please, someone have it out there.
0: Okay. There's I don't see anything official. There's there's Star Trek Horta on Etsy. So I'm going to I'm going to go in and we're going to see what we can find. Please, please come for us Etsy. Please pull through.
1: Oh, disappointed come. with the lack of sexy Star Trek body pillows because like part of the search is who a body pillow Star Trek and no. I see no sexy Star Trek character. Like I want to snuggle with sexy Spock.
0: Okay, but do you know? It's oh all my for God. old ladies.
1: So here's this something for old though people.
0: that you might actually like yourself, Emily. I'm mm. gonna send you this in the chat. Mm. I also need to send you Star Trek in. Um Star Trek in. Oh, there's the chat. Okay. So this is something you could get from Etsy. It is your very own <gasps> Star Trek Horda in a Bottle Pendant. Oh. A little Horda oh, in a bottle.
1: Oh, oh it is that so is teeny tiny. Cute.
0: The coloring is just perfect. It has the orange oh. and the red with the, the greenish on the background. That's so cute.
1: Oh my God. It is absolutely adorable. I am obsessed. Um, magnificent. Ma- we need more items like this. We need to merchandise the hell out of that Horta because I believe that it will be as valuable as per GM.
0: It will be. All right. And so now I have always, uh, well, oh, wait, well what, what, one before we get too far. Mm-hmm. we have to talk about next week's episode. Mm-hmm. The alternative factor. I don't have any fucking clue what oh. this could be about. Oh, no, wait, is no. The it's, the it's, the er- it's the errand of mercy. It's the errand of mercy. Sorry. Yeah. Next week it's done. the errand of mercy. Errand and that's E-R-R-A-N-D. Mercy. I got no fucking clue what this could be about. Okay. Like anything. I'm assuming mercy is going to be involved somehow. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like, oh, we got another, like, you know, do these people deserve the mercy and forgiveness of us or should we, you know, smoke them? Something like that. But well, who knows?
1: Who knows? Um, what I do want to prime you for is just some wild racism.
0: Okay.
1: Just some wild racism, just in the costuming
0: justin in in
1: costuming and some iconic creatures that they've had to modify okay uh but that things have been around uh, you know from that time but it's another one of those oopsie racisms okay um where it's like oh no
0: okay oopsie poodle i will i will uh i was about to say i look forward to that but I don't. The
1: episode I remember being excellent. I, but we'll see. I
0: am curious to examine the situation, but yeah, I'm still excited for next week's episode because I'm always excited for a new Star Trek. But thank you Yay. for that. Thank you for that. That couching of it. And like, oh boy. Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. Just, just so you know, like everything you see in that episode, they specifically thought they were doing things to make everyone look more alien.
0: Okay. Alien. Were they
1: correct?
0: Probably not.
1: Probably not. Probably did not have enough
0: people to probably enough people of whatever group might be targeted in the office to say you should rethink this.
1: Yup, yup, yup. They couldn't get watching onto the set that one day.
0: (laughs) And so here, our live long and prosper for today is me sending. The firm is the name of the group. Star Trek in, which this is a music video, and I did not know exists. So we can Ooh. on a three, two, one, I'll give a missy countdown and we'll hit play at the oh same time. And what I will do is okay. I'll make sure to put the audio for the song playing yes. gently underneath so yes. that we can hear your reactions. But I want to hear your reactions as we go. So here we go. Okay. Three, two, one, boop.
1: Oh my god.
0: When I saw that they were potatoes. I couldn't believe. The universe.
1: Oh, I've heard this.
0: The yes. <laughs> the little puppet aliens are so cute.
1: So cute. I've never seen this video before.
0: I didn't realize the music video existed, but these enterprise people are all played by potato people. Perfection. It's life, Jim, but oh. not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. It's, it's life, Jim, but <laughs> not as we know it, not as we know it. Apple. I highly encourage everyone to look at this music video, too. I, I'm delighted by the pictures they've created for it.
1: That is so great. Just the ugliest little muppets.
0: I'm a I'm a sucker for all stop Motion animation. It's worse than that. It's worse than that. jim dead Jim! It's not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. The subtle bit where the, the speed of the song just speeds up slightly. A, a pizza enterprise ah, Oh my god shoot to, kill, shoot to kill, shoot to kill We come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to kill man. It's worse than that He's dead, you. dead, he's dead, he's dead I like that uh... <laughs> well, it's life, Jim. We come in peace, shoot to kill yeah. That it was
1: kind Star of this Ball. episode Ball. Yeah,
0: Exactly <laughs> Star
1: you
0: cannot change the laws of physics You cannot change the laws of physics Some of these lines I've heard It's great It's worse than that he
1: did, Jim Jim, It's worse than that he you.
0: Live gym, but not as we know it not as we know it not as
1: know okay the level of stop motion is so good
0: yes You're gonna your screen, Jimmy. I'll
1: see you, Jimmy. oh my god you have to all watch this video Did it? Time and space. Ah! Is, oh my god!
0: Okay, so that is that Ronald Reagan? That I believe was a Ronald Reagan with Mickey Mouse ears morphing. <laughs> I believe, which just shows you when this was made. But yeah, that is Star Trekken. Wow. I cannot believe that I got to show you a Star Trek related thing that you've never seen before. I had definitely like
1: heard the, I had heard the like the chorus of it, but never the whole song, never seen the music video, completely forgot that anything like it could have existed. Yeah. Missy, what a gem.
0: What a beautiful gem. Oh my God! We will put this in the description of the podcast. You can click on it and see it. But again, you can just—it's on YouTube. The firm Star Trekkin. You heard it here. Hopefully, it gets stuck in your head and you'll see it over and over. Because it's life, Jim. But not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not it's life, Jim. It's life, Jim. Not like as we know it, Captain.
1: Not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as that—that that feels like a tongue twister.
0: It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as yeah. we know it, Captain. It sounds like a warm-up vocal that you would do. Yeah. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know, not as you know it. Not not. I gotta get the tease down. Not as we know not it. As we not know it. as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it, Captain. Captain. Live long and Captain Missy.
1: Live long and prosper.
0: Long and prosper, living through the long, living long and prospering.